Hi everyone, it is now November. We made it, folks, to November. And I just want to say, like, this sounds so ridiculous, but to me, it is such a big deal. Like, I logged in today to my Anchor account and it says that I have had 16 plays on my podcast. Like, I know that's teens, like 16, but oh my gosh, the fact that someone, either one person has played it 16 times or 16 different people, it doesn't matter to me. The fact that any person in this world has sat down and listened to me talk about random things for 20 minutes just blows my mind. Like that is just so cool to me that anybody has even taken the time to listen to my podcast. And that means so much to me. And I know I've said it before that I really just do this podcast as like kind of like a personal diary or journal. But the fact that someone is listening is just kind of rewarding to me. Like I actually have someone to talk to. Like I know I'm not just talking into deep space. (laughs) Like there's someone listening and that is really cool. So I just want to say thank you, whoever you are for listening. That's so encouraging for me to continue on with my podcast and to continue basically doing this journal of my life as an addict. And so let's get things started. Okay, so one thing I want to talk about today, well, it's a couple, but basically learning how to live as a productive member of society after living in chaos. And when I say chaos, I mean, like, I don't want to say that my life is perfectly put back together because it's not. But when I say chaos, I mean chaos, like in the height of addiction, And the best example I can give to describe this is I have a friend who is still in the height of addiction. He has multiple different substances that he's addicted to, and he lives about an hour away from me. And every so often I'll go out there and pick him up and let him come back and hang out at my house for the weekend. And at his house, it is very much so like a constant parade of people that are using everybody kind of just like hangs out in the garage and uses their drug of choice like you would definitely never know that it was illegal because it's just very um very much so the norm there there's always a constant drug dealer coming or going there's always drug deals going on in front of you everybody is just kind of high on their drug of choice some people are sleeping in the corner people are passing around marijuana it's just um very busy and when he comes out to my house and stays for a couple of days the first thing that I notice is that he doesn't know what to do with himself And he'll even tell me, like, I am just so bored. It is just so quiet here. I don't even know how to act. And I'll kind of laugh, but it's really kind of sad to watch just because, like, he's so used to, like, that fast pace, like, always chasing your next high or, like, where is the – who's going to come through and buy from me next? Like, some people are just addicted to the money and, like, the constant – I don't know, just busy and – when they finally calm down and come out to the country and my house is very quiet, I don't have a constant flow of people coming and going. Very few people know where I live and I choose to keep it that way for a reason. But, um, 
like they're just bored like he honestly doesn't even know what to do with himself like sitting down um for an evening and watching tv and maybe having a home-cooked meal it's just literally boring to death like he literally cannot stand it and it's so sad because honestly like that is the norm most people don't spend 99% of their day in a car either driving around chasing their next high or serving people um drugs you know a, a normal person typically comes home after they work an eight-hour shift and have something to eat or they grab some food on their way home and they stay in for the night they take a shower they enjoy time with their spouse or their kids and they relax and it's calm maybe they get on their tablet or their computer but like when he comes over to my house he honestly just cannot even relate not even in the smallest way and I guess that is the best example that I can give and one of the things that we can work on in my opinion and I am not a professional I am an addict in active addiction but in my opinion one of the things that really helps me try to focus and stay on the path to living a normal life as a productive member of society is working on my train of thoughts and my thinking and after I have learned like certain tools to work on my thinking and then moves on to affect my behaviors and so forth so I guess that's what I want to talk about today and this these topics I guess thinking they're I'm going to keep them very broad because these are very like in-depth topic topics. I'm sorry. And I don't want to like go too deep in them. I just kind of want to touch on them. And like I said, I'm not a professional. So, you know, maybe even what I'm saying isn't even accurate, but for me, it's accurate. And for me, it works. And so I'm hoping that somebody else maybe can relate to this and try it because I feel like maybe if it worked for me, then maybe some other human being in the world can benefit from it also. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Okay, so I have given my example, well, the best example I know of, of how people that have lived in chaos for so long have a very difficult time coming back to live a quote-unquote normal life and if anybody's wondering why this seems like really choppy or edited it is because it is I am attempting to become a little bit more technology sophisticated and I am doing my whole podcast from a AT&T prepaid go phone and so if that says anything well really that should say it all so if it does seem choppy or poorly edited it is because it is (laughs) so just a forewarning okay so let's talk about stinking thinking and stinking thinking is really in my opinion any type of negativity and it often describes people who have reverted back to old patterns of thinking and usually old patterns of thinking that you used while you were in your height of active addiction. And most people don't know, but we often engage in internal conversations with ourselves throughout the day. So let me give an example. 
I'm getting ready to go to work or go to school or go out on a date. And I look in the mirror at myself and whatever the first thing that I think when I look at myself, that is part of our internal conversation. So if I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh, I'm so old or I'm so fat or I'm so beautiful, whatever that first thought is, that is part of internal conversation. And having these kinds of conversations with yourself is perfectly normal. Everybody does it. That is not the problem. The problem is, and where we mess up is when we let these conversations kind of take on um, a life of their own. So for example, if I look in the mirror at myself and the first thought in my mind is I'm fat and ugly and nobody loves me. That is like the perfect example of stinking thinking. And I haven't decided if I'm just going to touch on like a couple there. Okay. So there are 10 different types of stinking thinking and I haven't decided if I'm going to do just a couple in this podcast or if I'm going to dedicate like maybe two podcasts to going into stinking thinking more in depth but I guess we'll just play it by ear and if I get tired of talking about it well then you know we'll just move on to the next thing so the problem with stinking thinking is our thoughts at that point have taken on an unhealthy attitude and instead of working for us it's now working against us. So I'm going to kind of talk about the different type, types of thinking, thinking so that we can recognize when we're doing it and then maybe start rephrasing and rewording our thinking to start working for us rather than against us. And I just want to throw out like a forewarning, like this is not something that only people that are no longer in the height of addiction or active addiction and that only people that are sober can do. Like this rewiring of our thinking also applies to people like myself that are in active addiction. This is very, this is something I do very much so every day. And honestly, you don't even have to be suffering from any kind of addiction to do this. Like when I say everybody at one point or another does stinking thinking. Like, I mean that like everyone at one point or another or another in their life has done it. And so I don't want people to think that you have to just be like sober to do it or it doesn't apply to you because it probably does. And so let's, let's just get into the different types of stinking thinking. Okay, I just want to do a slight break in my podcast to vent a little bit because after all, that is what my podcast is about. <laughs> Me venting and a journal that I can keep, like a diary for myself, and maybe for a listener to actually hear me, someone besides my roommate or my better half or my best friend. And so let me just go ahead and bring you up to speed. I kind of want to do like one of those, you know, what really grinds my gears kind of things like from Family Guy. And I hope I don't get in trouble for like using their words, but whatever. So this is what really grinds Tracy's gears, I guess. So what really makes me mad, <laughs> it just makes me so mad. 
and I'm sure a lot of people won't be able to relate to this unless they're in like active addiction. But the thing that really pisses me off is when you go to meet your plug and the problem with my plugs, at least it's like, you know, one guy that leads it. And then he has like seven or eight people that works for him. And like, they'll also meet people, you know, they'll also meet customers. And so you don't ever know which one you're going to meet. But the problem is, and I am not racist. Please understand when I say that. Like when I say um, the N word, I don't ever mean it like as a black person because I've met plenty of white people, etc., that are the N word. But when they act like that, they talk and it is like oh, no enunciation. I can't even understand like the words coming out of their mouth. Like it almost sounds like they have like maybe they are eating. I don't know. Or maybe they're just trying to make a new style of language, like a new way to talk. I really don't know. But I do know that when I call and they're like, oh, yeah, go over to... I'm like, where? They're like, can you not hear me? I'm like, no. What'd you say? And they're like, go to... Market. And I'm like, market? What market? Dollar General Market or Fresh Market? or, And, you know, like, I'm genuinely... <laughs> I really don't know what the hell they're saying, but God forbid, like, I swear to God, God forbid you ask them, what did you say? It is like you talked back to them. Like, and I don't know, maybe it's the fact that I'm on a prepaid phone. <laughs> That's such a piece of junk. Like the speaker in it maybe is just terrible. And I'm just like, I'm really giving them a lot of leeway because anybody else I talk to on the phone, I could perfectly hear. I could hear them clearly. Their words are enunciated. <laughs> They're talking just fine. But whenever I call them to get directions, boy, it's like, oh my God, it's just so hard. So I got to the first place and I'm like, Hey, I'm at da 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 flats apartments. You told me to go to, they're like, Oh, you didn't see the police stop right there. Why would you tell me to go there? If there was police there, this is what I mean. Like, I just hate doing this. Like, it's just so dangerous on all levels. Like, <laughs> and the stupidity is just beyond me. I'm just like, and then, you know, me, I'm like, no, <laughs> what police as I'm continuing to drive into that apartment complex. So I'm really glad there was no police there because I definitely would have been screwed <laughs> if there was. So they're like, oh, well, you didn't see no police. No, I didn't. Okay. Well go to the apartments behind dollar general. Now let me stop right there. I live in Knoxville, Tennessee, and I cannot count on two hands the amount and number of dollar generals that are in this lovely city so when you tell me go to the apartments behind dollar general like i'm gonna need you to specify just a little bit but yet again god forbid you ask them which apartments or off of what road man they just hang up on you and what kills me is the fact like I'm literally basically begging them, like, please take my money. Please, I'll do whatever. Like, they don't even want my money. Like, I'm throwing it at them, basically, and they don't want it. Like, I don't know. Maybe I need to, like, rethink my job profession, you know? 
because to be that lax about and to not be worried about the customer that you're dicking around must mean that you're pretty financially secure. Does that make sense? Like that you don't care if they find where you're at or not. It's just like, you know, the Dollar General, the department's behind it. See you there. Click. Like they know damn well you're not going to find what they're talking about. So clearly they're not worried about the cash that, that they're about to make off of me or any other customer. So, you know, maybe, maybe we should all be rethinking our professions because clearly I'm doing something wrong. I don't know. Now, I'll get back to the podcast. I'm sorry for that interruption, but if anybody's listened to any of my podcasts before, they know that I like to do my podcasts while I'm usually in my car, either going to get well or going to get more medicine because, well, number one, that's honestly the most quiet time I have, and two, what better than to talk about addiction well when you're in the height of your addiction. So now back to stinking thinking and thank you for listening to me, bitch. Okay. So after all of my cut-ins, my edits, my plug bitching, I think that we are basically just going to have enough time on this podcast episode to maybe just go over one or two stinking thinking types, which, you know, I'm sorry, y'all, but I don't really, it's okay. Like, I don't want to keep like a super rigid structure when it comes to my podcast. Like, I really just kind of want to talk whatever the hell I want to talk about. It's my podcast, you know? So, okay, that's what we're doing. Um, but I do like, you know, don't get me wrong. I do like talking about things that um, do have some kind of value, like, um, for instance, different types of stinking thinking, because it helps keep things that I've learned during the multiple rehab attempts <laughs> that I've gone to, um, it keeps them fresh in my mind. And I don't know, it's just nice to maybe have the reminder. And I like to try to live like a positive life. Like I try to be positive. Like I know that I may bitch a lot, but at the end of the day, I try to be positive and I try not to take out like the horrible day that I may have had on anyone that's close to me in my life, because after all, it's not their problem. And really my addiction is not their fault. And I try not to make anyone else suffer as much as possible for my addiction. So okay, let's get to it. Um one of the stinking thinking types that I want to talk about is classified under the should statements. And so this is when people tell themselves that they should be the way that they hoped or expected it to go. So an example would be, say, um, say I just got done playing a difficult piece on the piano. Cause you know, after all, I'm a gifted pianist and I tell myself, man, I shouldn't have made so many mistakes. When I tell myself that right off the rip, this is going to make me feel so disgusted with myself that I may even quit practicing for a couple days. Like, I'm just gonna be like, man, I'm a failure. Like I can't get this or I've practiced for so long. How did I end up making so many mistakes in front of the audience I was playing? And like just that super negativity and thinking as then could possibly lead to negative actions such as either quitting or not practicing harder. It's just, 
like the musts or the oughts or the have tos, all of those are similar words that are just the same as should. And should statements that are directed at yourself often, oftentimes lead to guilt and frustration. And well, let's face it, if you're an addict or not, I'm sure that we've all done things in our lives that we are already, that we are already guilty of or frustrated about. And so then turning around and making a should statement is just further reinforcing that guilt and frustration. And should statements that are directed against other people or the world in general lead to anger and frustration. Like, so say I'm talking about my roommate and I'm like, he shouldn't be so stubborn or argumentative or he shouldn't be so close-minded. Like that in itself right there, like I'm so angry just like saying it now and I'm just using it as an example. Like it just already gets like these negative emotions built up inside of me. And so like, just, I guess, recognizing when you use a should statement, that's the first step. And then maybe trying to correct it or even just recognizing it. I'm okay with just recognizing it because at least like that's the first step is knowing, Hey, I just used a should statement and like just realizing what you said. And you know, many, many people try to motivate themselves with shoulds and shouldn'ts as like, just listen when I say this as if they were delinquents who had to be punished before they could be expected to do anything. Like I shouldn't eat that donut. That usually doesn't work because all these shoulds and musts make you feel rebellious and then you're going to get the urge to do just the opposite. And like, that is so, oh my God, that is so me. Like if someone says to me, like, don't go do something or I don't want you to, or you can't, or you shouldn't like, and maybe that's the problem with me, (laughs) but like, I know I'm going to go and do it just because they said I couldn't or shouldn't. Does that make sense? Like, I know that's a really immature way of thinking. Um, I don't know. That's just the rebellious person in me. And it definitely applies with authority, such as law enforcement, people that say that I shouldn't do things or it's the law and I know I shouldn't. A lot of the times I like doing just the opposite of what I am told just to see if I can get away with it or just to see if I can. But even when I do that, like look at the negative consequences that it has. Like I have done jail time. I've been punished. I've had I've broken relationships and ended friendships because I wanted to be rebellious and I wanted to do the opposite of what people told me I should or shouldn't have done. And this applies to even my mother. Like I used to think that when I was younger, my mom would tell me like, Tracy, don't do that. Or you shouldn't do that. And I honestly, I don't know what I used to think. I guess I used to think like she, I don't know. I just never thought that she was telling me to not do something out of like the fact that she had probably already tried it and failed. And she was really just probably trying to save me the time and the frustration and the hassle. But for some reason in my head, I guess I just thought she was honestly being a bitch. Like, and I was just that rebellious teen or 20 year old. And I was like, whatever, mom. Okay. And I went and did it. And it turned out just as she said it would. And I don't know why I never took it as like her being helpful. But again, that rebellious, like I'm going to do it, even though I shouldn't, it just has never worked out for me. And so if you can just stop the thought process or realize what you just said and, and be like, oh my gosh, that's a shouldn't or a, or a mustn't or ought not to statement, realize what's going on in your brain and stop or at least try to correct the actions before you make a huge mistake. And I promise like 
people probably say shouldn't to themselves more than they realize, like not out loud, like just in your mind, like, or I really shouldn't eat another donut. Like you're not going to say that to anyone out loud, but you're definitely thinking it in your head. Maybe like, and it happens more than we realize. Like I would almost ask someone to try it and just like keep a tally throughout the day of how many times you shouldn't, or, um, it'd be better if you didn't do something and just keep a tally of how many times a day it happens. Cause I think it's more so than people realize, but if you can stop that train of thought and be like, I shouldn't, and then just don't let it infect your, don't let it affect your, your actions afterwards. Does that make sense? I don't know. Maybe I feel like I'm kind of lost in whatever I'm trying to say, but I feel like I had a good start. So if anyone is following that in any way, shape or form, and any of you guys got anything out of that, whatever I just spilled out of my mouth, good. And I at least maybe got a point across because I'm kind of lost right now. I did just medicate. So that might be why I'm having a problem connecting thoughts. But um, okay, so I think that's where I'm going to end this podcast at. Um, I will come back probably within the next day or two to talk more about stinking thinking because realistically, I really didn't talk a whole lot about it today. And there are so many different types that I think people don't even realize are an actual thing. And so I want to get back into this in the next podcast with a clear head and like really take a go at this. And I do feel like if I can get it communicated across to you guys clearly that it will benefit someone out there. And if it doesn't benefit anyone, well, that's okay. Cause I feel like it's still benefiting me. Um, like reminding myself and talking about myself or not talking about myself, talking about things that I have learned in rehab in the past and keeping them fresh on my mind. So, okay, well that is it. And I will try to upload another podcast in the next couple of days. And thank you anyone. If you are listening, I appreciate it.